The following audio is from Norris Ferry Community Church. More information about Norris Ferry Community Church is available at norrisferrychurch.org. So what is Christmas all about? You know, it's hard to keep uh, the important thing, the center focus of Christmas. And as I was thinking about what tempts us to get distracted, uh, you know, at Christmas time we start to have lots of Christmas parties, which means you get to see friends and maybe families and maybe get a Christmas bonus. And uh, that can really captivate your attention. Either you're excited to look forward to that day or it becomes so many Christmas gatherings that you get worn out. That certainly is a potential distracting. Wonderful things, though. Uh, School gets out. Kids, you excited about that? No, really? That's not what I hear at the house. Are you all excited about school being out? All right, good. So Christmas, guess what? As excited as you all are, teachers are even more excited about school being out. They love you, but they like the break, too. Kind of like your parents. That's why we like school so much. But uh, So there's lots of uh, things to buy for our attention. Uh, parties, school being out, opening presents. Opening presents is always a big part of Christmas, and uh, we like that. And all these things are wonderful things. Nothing's wrong with these things. They're all fun, wonderful times together. But if I ask you what Christmas is really about, what would you say? Go ahead and answer. What is Christmas really about? There you go. Great. Christmas is all about Jesus. But today we're going to look at three things in specific about Jesus that we want to be the focus of our attention this Christmas. And I'm getting this from our text of Matthew. And my prayer is that this will help us. This and the Lord's Supper will help us really know how to make Jesus what Christmas is all about. So we're going to look at three things Christmas is all about. First of all, Christmas is all about the birth of Christ. Christmas is all about the birth of Christ. In our text, we saw in Matthew 1, he said, The record of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, and then and down in verse 17, he said, So all the generations from Abraham to David, and he counted down till he said, Till the time of the coming of the Messiah. And then in verse 18, he says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. And so Christmas is all about the birth of Christ, but what does that mean, the title Christ or the title Messiah? They're the same meaning, but two different words. The Hebrew word is Messiah, the Greek word is Christ. They refer to the anointed one. Whenever a king was made king, he was anointed with oil, and so the king was the anointed one. In Hebrew, there was a creation of the longing of the coming of God's promised king or an anointed one or messiah and then in our new testament which was written in greek it speaks about the same one as christ the anointed one god's promised king and so christmas is all about the birth of god's anointed one god's promised messiah god's king so the christmas story is actually the story of the bible the whole story of the bible is about christmas about jesus of christmas The Bible is one book broken into two parts, old and new. And the old creates this great expectation, this great longing for the arrival of the Messiah. The arrival of God's promised one. And those promises come throughout the scriptures in several key passages. And all these come to fruition in the birth of Christ. The first is Genesis 3.15. After God had created humanity and said, enjoy All the blessings of God, as long as you live under the reign and rule of God. If you trust God and live in His kingdom, 
According to his ways, you will enjoy the blessings of his kingdom. In their rebellion, they forfeited that. They corrupted that. The earth was corrupt. Their lives were corrupt. And so God promised instead of just wiping them out and saying, I'm done with you. God promised in Genesis 3.15 to send one who would be the born of a woman. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, he said to the servant, and between your seed, the servant, and her seed, and she shall, and he, the seed of the woman, shall bruise you, Satan, on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. So the earliest part of your scriptures promises a son of a woman who will come and defeat the enemy of God. And then in Genesis 12, 3, the promise is continued, and we see is now going to be a promise child of Abraham. He'll be the son of Abraham. The son of the woman will be the son of Abraham in Genesis 12, 3. And he said, in you, Abraham, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And so this son of the woman, son of Abraham will bless all the families of the earth. And so then we see in 2 Samuel 7, God promises this child will be the son of David. He says to King David, God says, when your days are complete, And you lie down with your fathers. I will raise up your descendants after you who will come forth from you. And I will establish his kingdom. So this promised son that God will send will be the son of the woman. He'll be the son of Abraham. He'll be the son of David. He'll be a descendant of David. And then he continues and says not only that, but he'll be the son of God. God continues to say to David, He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. He'll be an eternal king. I will be a father to him. He will be a son to me, God says. And so this portrait of this promised Messiah, this promised king, is developed in the Old Testament. He'll be the son of a woman. We know her name is to be Mary. He will be the son of Abraham. He will be the son of... Of David, he'll be an eternal king, the son of God. And then the Old Testament traces the history of all the kings of Israel, and there was potential with Solomon, but he failed. And king after king proved not to be the promised anointed one, the promised Christ. And so this birth of Jesus is the arrival of that promised. Christ. In fact, the word Advent, you've heard of Christmas Advent. The word Advent comes from a Latin term meaning arrival. And so Advent is waiting the long-awaited arrival of God's promised Christ. And so Christmas is all about the birth of the Christ. And now we know what Christ means. Christmas is about the birth of Christ. Christmas is about the birth of the Son. The birth of Jesus is the birth of the Son. Jesus is both the son of a woman and the son of God, the son of a woman through the line of Abraham and the line of David, the son of God. This is crucially important. Matthew tells us he was born of a woman, promised as promised in scriptures. Matthew opens up the New Testament saying, here he is. This is the record of the genealogy of Jesus. He is the Messiah. He's the son of David. He's the son of Abram. It's vitally important to know that Jesus was born human. Fully man, born of a woman. Being the son of a woman, the son of Mary, means that Jesus had a human body, just like we have a human body. It means he was born with flesh and blood. It means he gasped that first breath when the baby comes out of the womb. It means he grew up. He had to learn to walk. He had to learn. He grew in stature and he grew in wisdom and understanding. 
He grew stronger physically and mentally. Jesus had a mind. He had to learn and he had to study and he had to grow. He had emotions. He marveled, the scripture says. He was troubled. He grieved death. He cried at the death of a friend. Jesus got hungry. When he was very hungry, he was tempted in his weakness. He rested when he got tired. He felt pain. He needed help carrying his cross because he was physically weak. Jesus died just as our bodies die. His heart stopped beating. His lungs stopped breathing. But Jesus rose from the grave. And in his resurrected body, it's so important that he had a body because we see in his resurrected body the pattern of our future redeemed body. The hope that we have in life after death is seen in the fact that Jesus had a body that died and rose again. So this is also very important that Jesus is a son because it means that Jesus is able to be our representative. It means that Jesus knows the pains that you have at Christmas. We hear all the time about how hard it is at Christmas and it's so true and so real. What we don't hear is that Christmas is about the God who took on flesh to sympathize with our weaknesses. Our loneliness, our pain, our suffering, and our sorrows. He is not a priest who cannot recognize our pain. He can sympathize with our weaknesses. So praise God that Jesus, that God took on flesh, that Jesus was the son of a woman. But Jesus also, vitally important, was a son of God. The son of God was born. Matthew is careful to point out both in verse 18 and 20 that he was conceived not by man, but by a spirit. And that's vitally important. He says in verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Matthew's careful to point this out. Then in verse 20, But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David... Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, not by man. This means he does not inherit the sin nature of Adam. This means that he can live the perfect life as he did, be the perfect sacrifice on the cross as he was, because he is God in flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. Born of a virgin, as prophesied in the scriptures, Matthew points out. Christmas is all about the birth of the Son, the Son of a woman, the Son of God. And this is why, finally, Christmas is about the birth of a Savior. In verse 21, Matthew says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Since Jesus was God, the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of a woman the son of Abraham, the son of David, God with us. He will save his people from their sins. Christmas is all about the Savior being born. He's our representative. When we are reunited with him by faith, when we see that he is God in flesh, who lived the sinless life that he might give his life on the cross as the sinless sacrifice, the sinlessness that we all need, Received by faith in union with Christ. Romans, Paul has been telling us we create a vital union with him. 
And so that when he died, our old self died. When he was buried, that old self was buried. When he rose again, we raised to walk in the newness of life with him, completely declared righteous because we're given credit for his sinlessness, his righteousness, so that we may live with him forever, resurrect from the grave with his resurrection. Romans 5.19 says, For as through the one man's disobedience, referring to Adam, the many were made sinners, even so through the obedience of the one man, meaning Jesus, many will be made righteous. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, Paul said, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Christmas is all about the birth of our Savior. Jesus ordained the Lord's Supper as a way for us to remember the meaning and the significance of his birth, his life, his death on the cross. By faith, we're reunited. We are united with him. And as we come and partake of the bread, it's a reminder of our faith union with the body of Christ, which was shed. So important that he had a body, which was shed for us. When we drink of the juice, it's a symbolic union of our faith union with the blood of Jesus Christ that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And so today, as we come and partake of the Lord's Supper, Granger and I are going to move into a time of preparing the table. And I want to invite you now to begin to move into a spirit of prayer. Ask the Lord to search your hearts just privately. Ask the Lord if there's any uncleanness in your heart that you need to repent of and confess that that is not his will for your life. Do business with the Lord in private, and then I will have a time of prayer where my family will come and join me, and then we'll invite you to participate. But in the meantime, just be in prayer, worship the Lord, think about what this is, ask God to help the meaning of Christmas be all about the birth of the Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the Son of the woman, the Son of God, who is Christ the anointed king. Thank you for listening to audio from Norris Ferry Community Church located in Shreveport, Louisiana. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Norris Ferry Community Church, please visit us online at norrisferrychurch.org.